You know, you'd think in a movie about gay vampires there'd be more sucking involved. <laughs> Hi, I'm Nito Kitch, and welcome to tonight's episode of the Gay Anarchist Yoga and Erotic Cooking Association, where we look at 2011's Vampire Boys. And since there's a vampire gang in this movie, I gotta have one in real life. To help me fill out this fantasy, my friends have adopted their vamp sonas so they can just stand around all day with their shirts off or something. First up, the vamp who installed Bluetooth in her casket, it's Amelia! Hello there, I am uh, the energy vampire and I'm Buffy's fifth cousin, thrice removed, Amelia, and I can be found at the Nefarious Navigator on Instagram. Welcome, Amelia. Don't get too batty, though. It's Bobby. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> I'm also known as Bobby the Depleted, Bobby the Exhausted, Bobby the Perpetually just, uh, tired. <laughs> <laughs> There's always downsides for living forever, huh? Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Last but not least, they make capes and always accessory. It's Ro. Hi, I'm Ro. I have a face like Edward Cullen and teeth like Nosferatu, baby. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, sorry. You can find me at Susqueen on Facebook and Susqueen Row on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> so there's this old wives tale that vampire movies actually do better when Democrats have power and zombie movies do better when Republicans have power by comparison. Uh, conservatives are afraid of vampires because they're deviants and sucking the economy dry or something and Democrats are afraid of zombies because they're all conformists. Uh, that was actually proven false when zombies ruled bo- during both the Obama and Trump presidencies. So, you know, everything's a lie. <laughs> Um, speaking of lies, that brings us to our first game, Queervering in Fear. Look, I get paid by the pun, okay? And besides, tonight we get to talk about queer monsters! Yeah, you get the idea. Seven questions, whoever gets the most wins, there are negative points. Here we go with question one. Sure, vampires suck, but before Bram Stoker's Dracula, there was 1872's Camilla, a vampire tale that is both the first vampire of literature that I know of, and also notable because Camilla is actually, one, a man, two, a lesbian, or three, actually the name of the victim whose husband goes to hunt down the vampire, Alaric, only to end up as a hypnotized slave in Alaric's brothel of lust. Yes, Amelia? Is it the lesbian? It sure is. Camilla not only established vampire lore by including sucking blood, stakes through the heart, but also the lesbian vampire trope as a way to talk about sexuality by combining it with another taboo idea. It's like the Wonder Twins, but somehow more queer. (laughs) Mom, I'm a lesbian. Gasp. And a vampire. Somehow that makes the lesbian thing a lot better, doesn't it? I can, I can see the Wonder Twins in my mind going, Form of a vampire. Shape. Shape of a lesbian. <laughs> Wonder gay powers activate. This is the reboot. We should have saved this joke for the end of the episode. All right, that's it. Good night, everyone. Let's just... Let's just move on to question two, okay? So Camilla has this one part in where they find, like, this picture of someone who looks suspiciously like Camilla, but it's from, like, decades ago. And uh, so someone goes something like, Oh, this looks just like you! Aw, she's all pretty. It probably comes as no one's surprise that someone named Oscar Wilde may or may not have been inspired by this while creating a little thing called A Picture of Dorian Gray. So tell me, people who definitely had to read this in college, how does Dorian destroy his picture? Is it by tossing it to the fire? 
Is it by ripping it with his bare hands? Or is it by stabbing it with a knife? Yes, Ro? I'm gonna go with a knife. You're a sharp one, that's correct. Yay! People nowadays just delete their unflattering photos from years past, especially since your iPhone's warranty doesn't cover stabbing it with a knife. <laughs> Somehow it lacks the dramatical impact when you just press delete. It also does not cover throwing it into the fire, I'm, I'm, unfortunately. That's true. Mm. Yeah. Very true. I'm getting better at these jokes since people are actually laughing at it and I don't have to edit that in post. <laughs> <laughs> You should just get, like, a whole bunch of laugh sounds from each of us so you could just paste in every once in a while. <laughs> At really inappropriate times, too. <laughs> Don't think I won't. Uh, so, it's easy to understand why so many monsters have been adapted into the queer canon since they are often vilified, misunderstood, and attacked. But which of these horror icons became one by pure accident? Was it number one, Chucky became a queer icon after it was revealed that the rubber from his tie-in dolls were made by a dildo factory? Was it number two, the turkey from Thanksgiving became a queer icon after a behind-the-scenes video leaked of the puppeteer getting blown by the gaffer and yelling things like, Yeah, I'll stuff you, turkey! <laughs> <laughs> or, or is it number three? Baba Duke became a queer icon because it got miscategorized as an LGBT plus film on Netflix. Yes, Bobby. I'm gonna go with number one. So Chucky's status as a queer icon probably has more to do with the fact that creator Dan Mancini is gay himself and has included gay characters within the series, specifically Bride and Seed of Chucky. So unfortunately, you're incorrect. Okay. Uh, Ro. I. This is my favorite thing in the world. Um, it is absolutely the Babadook. <laughs> Can I just say that the continued use of Babadook in queer canon makes me so happy? It makes me uh, so and happy. And the reason is it's just, it's just a very welcoming idea that basically anyone can be welcomed into this community with, with like, you know, limited exception. All you have to do... All you have to do is like other Babadooks of the same or similar gender. <laughs> and you know what? We will welcome you in with open arms, honey. <laughs> Queer people are so tired of being miscategorized that we took someone who was miscategorized and made it our own. <laughs> <laughs> Question four. David DeCocteau is a name you should hope that I never say when introducing a movie on this podcast. Uh, he technically has one of the longest-running gay franchises with his 1313 series that includes installments such as Giant Killer Bees, Cougar Cult, and Frankenqueen. Yes, they are all apparently gay films, uh, or at least films with nearly naked guys rubbing themselves seductively. <laughs> Anyway, how many installments are there in the 1313 series? I know how unfair this is, but are there 13, 14, or 15? Yes, Ro? I'm going to go for the meme answer and say 13. Well, the meme was a lie in this situation. Correct. Bless. Uh, Bobby? Is it 15? No. <laughs> There's 14. Amelia, buzz in now. You can get it. Which messes so much with my OCD. <laughs> <laughs> but at least he didn't make 27, so I guess we're safe. <laughs> uh, I want to point out that I made these questions for media that were unlikely to cover for one reason or another, but you know, who knows what's going to happen in the future. Anyway, question five. Disney, they're monsters, but they also make monsters who happen to be gay villains for some reason. Who knows? Homophobia. <laughs> Tell me, which one of these monstrous villains has Disney confirmed to have a queer origin? 
is at number one. Disney confirmed in a behind-the-scenes documentary that Ursula was based on cult icon and artist Divine. Is it number two? Disney accidentally confirmed Melissa Finn from Sleeping Beauty was based on queer ally Liz Taylor, known for helping AIDS patients when no one else would during Disneyland's first official prize celebration in an informational flyer that featured Taylor's image, but the name underneath said pictured Maleficent. Or is it number three? In 2015, David Spade and John Goodman revealed that Cusco and Pacha were gay lovers in a since-deleted tweet where Spade said, I lost a friend to AIDS, and as a tribute, John and I decided to base our characters on him and his boy boyfriend falling in love on this epic journey. He then followed up with David Reynolds added several jokes in the script like how Cusco wouldn't pick a princess after they learned about the inspirations. Yes, Amelia? Ursula. That's right. Disney officially confirmed that the final design of Ursula was based on Divine. But don't you just wish it would be Cusco and Pacha? Like, <laughs> me too. I do. I'm gonna rewatch you... that movie with a different <laughs> Me like, too, actually, now. yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> yeah. So you, it's like, so you have read my fan fiction. <laughs> um, so this is a really cool part of all of this, right? So not only did Disney confirm this in the documentary Treasures and Hole, which you can find on the Platinum Edition of the DVD uh, for The Little Mermaid, they brought in John Waters to confirm it. Like, the cult icon, my favorite director of all time, like, John Waters, who Divine was, like, his muse for the early part of his career. Waters even say that Divine would have loved to know that he had been used as inspiration for Ursula had he not passed away before the film was released. Uh, there's a lot more to the story of Ursula, but we, you know, we got to keep this going. So let's go on to question six. I would be personally remiss if I didn't take the opportunity to talk about Michael McMillan, colon, the vampire who doesn't need hypnosis to sleep with you, and his role in True Blood as Steve Newland, the anti-gay preacher turned gay vampire. The series, which uses vampires as an allegory for marginalized groups like the LGBTQIA plus community, has utilized modified sayings against the queer community. Which of these isn't one, though? Is it number one, God hates fangs? Number two, vamp liberation now? Or three, coming out of the coffin? Yes, Amelia? Is it, um, <clears throat> sorry, is it Vampire Liberation now? You're correct. <laughs> Although I probably should mention that I'm O positive that when they reboot it, they'll use that one, though. <laughs> You're a jerk. <laughs> I'm sorry, I don't mean that. Um... Let's end this with the biggest daddy monster of them all, Godzilla. In 2020, Toho released a short film during Pride Month. Tell me what happens in this short film. Is it number one, Godzilla fights Destroyer as they break through the city. Meanwhile, a pride party is going on at a gay club. Godzilla knocks Destroyer towards the club. They gasp, only to catch him before he can step on the club. Uh, then they proceed to dance to a club remix of the Godzilla theme as Spread the Love, Not Destruction shows on the screen. Number two, Godzilla notices that Godzilla Jr. is feeling withdrawn and depressed, not even wanting to fight monsters. Eventually, Jr. comes to Godzilla and expresses through speech bubbles that she doesn't believe that she's a male monster. Godzilla accepts their daughter and even knits her a trans pride flag in this touching short film. And now to ruin that moment of awe, number three. In what seems like a poor choice of posting date, Toho posted the teaser trailer for 2021's Godzilla vs. Kong with the sound of Godzilla walking through a metropolis and a stereotypical gay guy saying, It's so big! <laughs> Followed by a cut to black and Godzilla scream before it showed off the title with the text, It's even bigger than you think it is. <laughs> oh, uh, goodness. Uh, yes, Bobby? 
Is it the third one? Uh, luckily, it's not the third one. <laughs> uh, yes, Ro? Is it number one? It is not that one either. <laughs> what? The positive thing about you being wrong in this case is that the correct answer is the short film featuring Trans Godzilla Jr.? Yeah. Oh my goodness. <laughs> it's actually a really good short film, too. Well, I'm impressed. I am, too. I, I really like it. I like go, go check it out. And while everyone wins when Godzilla says trans rights, tonight we only have one winner for this game, and that is Amelia. Oh. Yay! Does that mean yes. I get to summarize the movie? <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Oh, I feel like I've played this game before. Some games, the only winners are the ones who don't play. <laughs> so, um, Vampire Boys is a touching and heartwarming tale of an elder vampire, I think, or some kind of vampire. Anyways, for some reason, he needs to find the, quote-unquote, the one. Uh, in other words, a person to turn into a vampire so that he and his vampire friends don't die on their 100th va- vampire birthday, essentially. Um, enter Caleb, and then there is this other love interest, Cassandra or Tara or whatever, it's Tara, but I really don't care about her that much. Um, <laughs> um, and one of the vampires goes crazy because for some reason he wants Tara to be the one and threatens to kill her. And then they kill him and Caleb and Jason live on in eternal vampire happiness for the rest of their lives. I was going to say, I was going to say, no, please. One vampire boys is enough. And then I remembered they made a sequel. <laughs> Which I need to watch, by the way. Uh, spoilers, you, you don't. Um, but um, so we gotta start talking about this somehow. And I just want to know: um, was this movie what you thought it was going to be? Yeah, yeah pretty yeah. Much. more or less. Actually, it was more mild than I thought it would be. As you said in the intro, I was prepared for a lot more sucking. Right. But that didn't happen. Yeah, I did. I did find myself at points in the film wondering if it was, in fact, softcore porn. Uh. <laughs> and on that note, uh, content warning to anybody who's thinking about watching this video, there is at least Penises. one penis. Definitely. There's two. There is at least one penis, and that is the only reason that NATO chose this There are this two penises, and there are two reasons I chose this film, but those are not the only reasons There are that two. I there are two, I yes. chose this film. Okay. And also, like, allusions to a gangbang. That was it's, a literal cock tease, you know. right? Yeah. <laughs> it really is just softcore porn. Basically. Without, without the porn. <laughs> I mean, Very a movie without porn is just a movie. It's like right? all the setup for the porn is there. All all that's lacking is, you know, well, all the, the actual like porn. Those, the actual yeah, porn. Like B like level, C level horror movies that were actual porn and then they recut them. Um, yeah. In order to make them into yeah. horror films. It, it kind of had a vibe like that where you're like, wait, wasn't there more to this scene? Like, I feel like this set up to something. A lot more, <laughs> or like the uh, the distributable version of Pirates Triple X. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this definitely feels like it has like the acting level of like mid two thousands men. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it also has some like really weird decisions. Like, um, am I the only person like got really shocked when 
like uh it was like 10 minutes in or something like that and then all of a sudden it's like everything's really quiet and then all of a sudden you hear SOS <laughs> like just come in just like and just like kick you like in the face yeah that was kind of jarring um I will say a, a good point about the film that I actually enjoyed because I am a sucker for like vampire lore and how people arrange their stories around the lore in order to push the plot forward this film was all over the place with its lore and uh-huh. i actually kind of love that about it like they establish initially that vampires don't get burned up in the sun unless they're elder vampires which is like a thing they never explain that there's somehow categories of vampires um yeah also the thing about he has to find the one is like the core port po- like it's the whole problem of the movie is he has to find some kind of mate to pair bond with eternally essentially but then when he's explaining how he became a vampire it's clearly not eternal so it's kind of like you're the one until like i guess somebody else Sounds i don't like know dating life um and then all these other things that that were just not true of vampires like they can't eat garlic i guess and like i i tried to keep notes of all the different things that they just said nope that's not a thing <laughs> uh the crosses the crosses, the crosses. yeah the crosses what do you think is like the weirdest uh like uh what do you think is like in your opinion like the the weirdest sort of uh escape from like established lore the weirdest thing um i think honestly the crosses were weird but also just it seemed to be like random what they picked to keep and why I thought it was really weird that, like, their skin is, like, unpierceable. Like, I guess the only way to kill vampires in this lore is that they can be decapitated. Yeah. So their skin's unpierceable, except for their yeah. neck. That is a thing that you can pierce, I guess. Wait, 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 wait. Did they, didn't they have, like, ear piercing? <laughs> they <though>? did, yes. <laughs> or am I just making that up? They must have gotten those when they were human. Hmm. I did, did or many clip-ons. People- I mean, did many did many men in the 1800s get ear piercings? I think it's absolutely hilarious that out of all of the lore that they decided to get rid of, the one piece that they actually kept was that you have to invite them. In yeah, <laughs> in order for them to come into oh your my house, God. you have to invite oh. them in. And I feel like the only reason they kept it is because that's that's the sexy thing. To have the vampires standing in your door, like, well, are you going to invite me in? <laughs> Ro knows me because I basically just, like, uh, interrupted the entire movie, like, pointing out, like, oh, this is, a, like, when he was, like, oh, uh, with, originally when he was waiting outside, it was, like, oh, this is, like, a cool callback to, like, you know, the lore where, like, they can't come in unless you invite them in. And then they ruined that, like, a, like a few scenes later when they completely explained it very <laughs> bluntly. <laughs> Like, it's it's like, you did it so well without actually having to say it, and now you're actually having to say it. Right. I feel like they took a lot of time out of this movie to explain, and not a lot of time to actually do. Yeah. That's a good point, yeah. Yeah. I would agree with that. there is a lot of, there's a lot of uh, things that you could have shown and not told. Yeah. Yeah, I feel like most of the, most of the backstory stuff, most of the lore stuff you probably could have shown and not told. I feel like the, 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 the fight scenes could have been expanded upon greatly. 
Um, I'm very disappointed there like, wasn't a full-on cat fight between Logan and Jason. I, that hissing, I was I so excited. <laughs> I literally, in my notes, wrote, is there going to be a vampire fight? There is hissing, <laughs> ha, 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 and nothing happened. I was very upset by this. <laughs> and I also feel like the main crux of the conflict turned into... But why does the one have to be a Twinkie gay boy? Why can't it be lady woman? Yeah. It w- mm. Who has no character. So, okay, <laughs> this is my beef with this movie. I'm on this, like, hashtag justice for Paul thing because he was very sweet and he had an actual character. And they just we they kill t- him off and then suddenly Tara gets to live and be a vampire forever. Like, who is this woman? She sucks. We've seen him. her like twice and she hasn't done anything. <laughs> Whereas Paul has except like a whole character. Salty, except that's salty that like this dude might break up with her or whatever. <laughs> right. Like, there's nothing. Like, I don't, I don't know who she is. She hasn't had any bearing on the plot whatsoever. And then they make a big deal about saving her in the end. Like, we have to go save Tara. And I'm like, why? You killed Paul. Like, why does Tara have to be saved? (laughs) Well, and I didn't, I didn't understand, like, that plot point at all. Because the bad, like, Logan wanted him to pick Tara to be the one. So he didn't want to. Jason didn't want Tara to be the one. He wanted Caleb. So Logan's response was to threaten Jason with, if you don't pick Tara to be the one, I'm going to kill her. Right. That's like a non-threat. He's a vampire. He doesn't care. Wait. I mean, I'm he's like, in the movie, but like, if it was why, like... Why do you even care if Tara is the one or not? If it turns out that Caleb is the one, great. He's the one. You don't die. It's not like why if the they... vampire suddenly turns gay, everybody Right, dies. yeah, like, there was no... <laughs> like, why was Tara even in this movie? <laughs> yeah, I felt like they tried to... Wait, why Why would they Why would they kill to Paul? To look great. If they did... Because honestly, she looked great. St- it, if they wanted Jason to end up with Tara, wouldn't it, wouldn't it make more sense to keep Paul alive and sort of, like, help him get more with Caleb? Right. So that he was because they made a whole they made a whole thing about like or Jason made a huge thing about Caleb and Paul kissing about like, oh, you didn't like you didn't kiss back kind of thing. But like would if they had ruined him, if they ruined Caleb by having him fall in love with Paul, that would mean that he would have to go with Tara. Everyone would be happy, right? Right. You would. The thing is, I feel like they switched perspectives midway through the film, like. I thought originally our lead character was Caleb, right? And whether or not he makes the decision to become a vampire or to be stay a human. And that to me is like, that's a fine story and you can tell that. And then they almost like flip perspectives and focus more on Logan. And then the story becomes like, will he convince Caleb to be the one or who will he choose to be the one? And I'm like, that's not as interesting of a story as this person who has a conflict of whether or not he wants to be a vampire with his vampire boyfriend or, you know, date a nice boy who took him in. Um, like, I, I don't definitely know. grew up with too much vampire fiction because I'm like, that's an easy fucking choice. What? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. You, you become yeah. the vampire. You, <laughs> you take, you vampire. take the vampire power. <laughs> <That's not even laughs> you, you have hot, you have hot vampire sex with for your eternity. hot vampire polycule for, for the rest of your hot vampire life. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine how good the sex with Spike would be for eternity? 
Oh, easy bless. choice. Michael McMillan. Easy choice. Easy choice. <laughs> Spike, Spike from Buffy. Um, we we were talking about Spike from Buffy before we started recording the podcast today. So let me just fill you in, uh, audience. <laughs> Spike is daddy. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Spike is daddy. Um, I need. I I I probably I want to say this um, because I'm old. Uh, I want to say this to the younger gays out there. Uh, just because someone has a nice car doesn't mean you ditch your friends for them, especially if they're letting you live with them for free. Remember, bros be va- before vampiros. Um, so, Definitely. Uh, Definitely. And I love that. Um, so, so here's, again, my kick on why did Paul have to be ended? Because he's clearly a very nice person and he deserved better, you know. He takes right. in this. Why couldn't why couldn't he hook? Why couldn't he end up with one of the the, the vampires? I kind of right. wanted him to end up there was with no Caleb. Need for him to die. I, I mean, and then it, it just or Dwayne, Dane, Dane, Dane. That was his name. And clearly, Paul is like trying to look out for Caleb because Caleb's like fresh from the Midwest, and he's got this naive thing about him where he's like, "Oh, I just answered an ad for a guy asking me to live with him for free. That'll be fine." <laughs> and then he's like, "Oh, this guy has a nice car." this will be fine you just trust any old guy in california you end up becoming a vampire that's how it works right and so like it seems like paul's trying to explain that to caleb (laughs) through the whole first half of the movie like kid this is not kansas anymore you can't just be running around with people you will end up becoming a vampire or much worse oh man if paul was a vampire caleb has no interest (laughs) caleb poor Caleb, poor fool that he is, decides to run off with the first guy who swallowed a dictionary. Um, Like, every sentence out of that boy's mouth, I feel, could be condensed into, like, five words or less. Yeah, no, he really does have a very just, like, drawn-out way of phrasing everything. (laughs) Like, he's one of those guys that you would find online that... Like when when he gets riled up, he just starts talking. Like I believe you are misrepresenting my opinions on the matter, Melody. But I feel like that I was feel just the as... <laughs> Like I, I think I noted down like a line that I was just like seriously, and it was Caleb's line. But he said, "I do feel this has put a strain on our afternoon." When like they were talking about him being a vampire, <laughs> yeah. like I... see, and there's there's one big question. That like this movie doesn't really answer, um, and that's what happens when Caleb finds out that Jason murdered Paul or had Paul murdered. Right. It does that get answered in Vampire Boys too? <laughs> uh, hey there, it's me, Future Nate. Uh, while editing this, I actually did watch Vampire Boys too, and I can definitely say they did not actually discuss this in Vampire Boys too. Okay, thanks. Back to the episode. And again, maybe that. Maybe that's I what would... the sequel is. Why does Tara get to I live would... and Paul is dead? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, I would have rather had Paul. I would have rather had Paul. No sense oh, wait, to wait. me. Jason and Kayla's I'll... eternal bliss are put to the test when Jason's century-old uh, rival returns to get revenge. So it doesn't look like... Oh, but the... Tara's in this, so... Maybe she um, actually gets a character. Go. Yeah, I've... Like, Tara, Tara's only purpose in the first Vampire Boys movie is to hang on to the Vampire Boys and look amazing. Yeah. 
We'll have to we'll have to we'll have to revisit this some of this criticism when we watch the sequel. Tara's probably who I would want to be if I were a vampire. I think it is worth noting that most of the cast between Vampire Boys and Vampire Boys 2 did get replaced. The actress for Tara did not. I mean, how are you gonna like, how she, are you gonna replace someone she's named the one constant named Sazu? Red. Wait, her name is Zazu. <laughs> what? Her name yeah. is Zasu. Z A S U Zasu. That is amazing. That's like Jaja Gabor level amazing. Yeah, that's like that's right? just a, a name that's made for show business. <laughs> She's like that one character that was like the one girl that was in like all three of the first Eating Out movies. Like, she was in all five. She was in all five. No way. Yeah, that the actress is. In all five movies. And so is, uh, I believe, Mink Stole. Um, so I just want to uh. point this out. But when you go to Google and you type in Vampire Boys and you go to cast, the Zazu Pitts that is the person they put as the Zazu that plays Tara. Uh, Zazu Pitts is a silent actress from 1924 that was born in 1894. <laughs> and I know that's just like Google fucking up, but I'm going to believe in my head that... Tara is actually played by Zasu. a vampire <laughs> silent film actress from 1924. See, that is the movie I would Zasu. watch too. Like, vampire silent <laughs> film actress making it in Hollywood for years and years. Out of all the vampire media that you've seen, Bobby, like, where would this, like, fall on your, like, scale of, uh, 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 of favorability? Uh, I enjoyed it. But like I said, I... I'm like a sucker for just like vampire, you know, bullshit lore. And this film delivered on that a little bit, just with like yep. the whole concept <laughs> of the one. I liked, I was excited in the beginning of the film when it was like shown that the two had a psychic connection. I was like, ooh, this is going to be something worth exploring and this will be really cool. Um, but they don't do much with it beyond just kind of establish that they have a connection. Um, I feel like this film definitely has potential to be longer than the, what, 72 minutes that it is, yes. <laughs> 69 or whatever. Like, it, yeah. you know, it. I agree with, I agree with Bobby. Like, 69 minutes. Is, it, is that the length of the film? <laughs> yes. Okay, yeah, cool. So, the 69 minute long movie. <laughs> I just, I agree with Bobby. I feel like, honestly, we could have just expanded on this. I was excited for this, like, story and this, like, lore of having the one that, like, actually makes you immortal, you know, all this other stuff. Yeah. It could, it could have gone there. It didn't. <laughs> it could have. I, I, I'm a chronic rewriter of things, especially if I feel like there's potential there. I give love to it anyway because, like, in my head canon, I'm like, I could rewrite this better. Just give yep, me an opportunity exactly. Exactly. to just rewrite this better because the things that need to be fixed are so easy to fix. <laughs> Speaking of fixing things, I like to say that these kind of low-budget sci-fi films are a very small and unappreciated part of queer cinema, which is about to be expanded on by our next game, Romonsta. No, this isn't me insulting role. This week, I asked tonight's guests to pitch a gay movie with a monster-sized romance featuring an obscure monster of their choice. First up, we have Ro. Alright, here's my concept. Mothman, Babadook. Focus on them. Very kind of what we do in the shadows vibe, right? We don't focus on the humans interacting with the monsters, 
We just want the monsters in their everyday life. In their everyday romance. Doing everyday gay monster things. (laughs) (laughs) Taika Waititi, call me. (laughs) Well, I I created in my head like a rewrite of um, Frankenstein's monster and I called it Frankenstein's member. Um, It's about a young man who meets an eccentric (laughs) but cute young medical student. Um, but the medical student has a strange Bless. obsession with both anatomy and death. And when our young hero agrees to meet the good doctor in his lab, he discovers a bizarre experiment, one to create the perfect man. So um, the conflict comes when our hero has to decide if he's going to help the monster escape the lab and live a new life or fall for the doctor's charm and help him keep his dark secret from the university. That was my... I like, I like that, that a lot. <laughs> I'd watch that. I I would it. green light that immediately. <laughs> All right, and Amelia? Um so my romance novel is uh look deep into your eyes, okay? Sorry, look deep into my eyes. Um so my romance novel is look deep into my eyes. And it is the story of the pale man and the fawn from Pan's Labyrinth. Um and it's the story of how the pale man came to be isolated in that like weird banquet room and it's because the pale man and the fawn were involved in a torrid love affair and company policy really wasn't cool with, you know, employees dating. So HR kind of stepped in and, you know, uh, exiled the pale man to that banquet hall. So yeah, that's my, my romance novel. I love it's that kind movie. of like a modern day Romeo and Juliet, but like instead of feuding families, it's just an HR person. That's like, Hey, the handbook says you can't do this. <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, hey producers out there hire us we have we have great ideas we we come up uh, with at least two per person every week like just call us depending how much alcohol is consumed yes you might get two who knows maybe even three good ideas out of me like just let me know i have at least one <laughs> Well, speaking of two or three good ideas, sometimes you should try to be nice to things, which brings us to tonight's Lie Through Your Teeth version of Gay Set Match. This is our category-based head-to-head showdown where one vampire must choose between the two choices from the other two vampires on a given category. Three rounds for each category, and we and in, we haven't had a tie yet, but maybe tonight will be special, as Caleb supposedly is. Um, <laughs> everyone ready? I'm ready. More ready than I've ever been. I don't know. I'll okay. have to think about it until midnight tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get on with category one. <laughs> Caleb is the love interest for Jason, the vampire. Uh, but let's face it, Caleb's kind of white bread. <laughs> so tell me, who should have Jason ended up with? And first round is Amelia versus Bobby. Amelia goes first. Um... So I actually was just really interested in Dwayne or Dane, Dane. I keep forgetting his name. The the bald vampire. Yes. I liked him. I I know he wasn't like a big character. He had like maybe three lines in the whole film. Um I kind of my ship in this movie, it would have been Caleb and Paul eventually. 
Uh, but yeah, I think Jason should have ended up with Dane. Dane had a lot of, you know, like his three lines. He had some good advice. Like Logan's lost <laughs> they his were, shit. They were a really good he three threw lines. He into a tree. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. Help, you know. Yeah. <laughs> so Dwayne, <laughs> Dane, Dane, yeah, <laughs> Dane, <laughs> Dane, Dwayne. Dane Dwayne the Vampire Boy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so we have a rose by neither Dwayne. Bobby, what is your choice? Um, so I actually decided to opt for like a twist ending and say that um, our hero should have ended up with Logan and that Logan's whole like fit of, of rage was really just because he's jealous because he's madly in love um, with Jason and he's upset that Jason did not choose him. So that was kind of my made-up thing in my head that I thought would work really nice. All right, Ro, it's up to you. Are you going to pick a rose by any other Dwayne or Logan's run in slow motion through a field of flowers? Boom. I'm... I'm gonna go with Logan, I think. What a twist that would be, right? (laughs) What a twist. All right, and round one goes to Bobby. Next round is Bobby versus Ro. Bobby, do you want to keep your choice? Uh, I'm going to keep it. Logan. All right, Ro, that means it's up to you. What is your choice? I think just for laughs, I'm going to go with all three of the threesome people that the vampires killed in the forest. You know, um, penis one, penis two, and the girl that's like, if you want to get with me, you're going to have to kiss my boyfriend. I loved her. She was a treasure. I want to see them all come back as vampires. I want to see them all come back as vampires and end up with Jason. <laughs> she was already vampire material. She's like, I will lure Absolutely. my boyfriend and his best friend out into the woods and then make them do stuff. She's already got potential. Come on. <laughs> All right, Amelia, it's up to you. Are you going to choose Logan's run in slow motion through a field of love or the vampire centipede? You know, this is a tough choice, but honestly, I am a fan of a good gangbang, and I agree that uh, she just is vampire material, so I'm, I'm going to go with uh, with that one. And with that, Rogue gets a point. Yes. Nice. I want the vampire polycule. <laughs> vampire polycule yes <laughs> okay we're in the final round road you want to keep the vampire centipede absolutely and amelia <laughs> do you want to keep a rose by any other dane sadly yeah mine was not as good as either of theirs but yes i'll keep it <laughs> <laughs> all right bobby it's up to you <laughs> i think i'm gonna go with dane because i also wrote notes about him he just captured my heart with his four he lines did. Congratulations to Amelia. I really wanted better for him. (laughs) Truly the Tilda Swinton of Vampire Boys. So let's face it, some of the side characters are a little more interesting than our main two people. So which vampire should have this movie focused on? We're going to go in reverse order with Roe versus Amelia. Um, I would love to see a little bit more focus on um logan personally i feel like if we really got to dive deep down into what is causing his trepidation over finding the right one 
then this movie would have had a much more satisfying ending. So I'm going to go with Logan. Okay, now I have to think of another Logan pun. So, Amelia, who should have this movie focused on? Uh, This is going to be a shocker to everybody, but I want to see more of Dane's story. (laughs) (laughs) What? I just, I love Dane. I'm sorry. You know, I saw him walk up on the screen and instantly in my head, I'm Too Sexy started playing. And I just, I want to see a whole movie based on that character. Now I know what to get you for your birthday. All right, Bobby, your choices are Arms Deep into Logan or Right Said Dwayne. Dane. Hmm. I do love Dane, but I think I am more interested in Logan's backstory and why he cracked at the end. Because I feel like it's got to be more than I just can't handle the fact that you're pair bonding with a dude. There's got to be more to (laughs) what is going on there that we just did not get explained. (laughs) Which brings us right back to like he was probably secretly in love with Jason. Right? I mean, secretly in love. Desperate to, to have a girl in the group. I have no idea. I feel like after you said that, Logan Jason is kind of my OTP for this, this movie. <laughs> All right, and the point goes to Roe. And now for round two, Bobby versus Roe. So, Bobby, who should have this movie been about? Okay. Well, I actually went with two in sort of a buddy cop scenario, and that is Adam and Dane together. I feel like they seem to be good buddies and they're always hanging around together and I just wanted to see sort of like a super bad scenario or something like that where we just go through their day together you know they're they're doing work for Jason they're hanging out in between I don't know what they're doing I just thought it would be interesting to kind of see their dynamic all right and Ro would you like to keep arms deep into Logan yeah yeah All right, Amelia, it's up to you. Do you want arms deep into Logan or vampire buddies turned buddy cops? I I just am a good I'm a fan of a good buddy cop film, so I have to go with arm deep and buddy cops. All right, and the point goes to Bobby. Let's go to their final round. Amelia versus Bobby. Do either of you want to change your choice? Nope. <laughs> no, I, I think I'm good. All right, Ro, <laughs> you get to choose between right said Dane and vampire buddies and buddy cops. If I choose Buddy Cop, that would be really cool. But if I choose just Dane, then we get to do Category 3, which is a great category. So I think I'm going to cave and go just Dane. I'm sorry. I like the way you think, bro. (laughs) All right. It's time for I Must Break You. It's the tiebreaker round. So tell me, everyone. You know, I'm I'm vain and I need I need some attention. So, uh it, it's who had the best torso? Shocker. Again, I'm going with Dwayne. I loved his whole aesthetic, loved his whole look, loved his torso. I think he had the best torso, I'm not going to lie. Um I'm going with Paul. Because Paul's a Paul's a real cutie. And, you know, in a movie with two penises, it's really hard to compete, but I'm going with Paul. So I was going to also go with Dane, just because I, I think Amelia and I are on the same page. I just fell in love with his character. Um, but I think for the choice of being different, I am going to go with uh, Logan. Oh, man. Who knew that in a movie full of shirtless guys, it would be this hard to just choose one. I wish I could choose you all. 
or all of your choices. <laughs> but uh, I have to choose one, I guess. And I, I really do feel like there is so much more to the character of Logan besides his chiseled abs, perfect nipples, and amazing collarbones. So I guess I'm going to have to go with the full package, Mr. Logan. Bobby wins the Best Vamp Award for tonight. Congratulations. Come on, people. Be more excited. Golf clap, at least. Bob, Come Bobby, on. Bobby clap, is clap, the clap. one. Clap, clap, clap. <laughs> So, I gotta know, since you're my best vamp friend, uh, would you go vamp for this movie, or should you just, you know, go eat a steak instead? Uh, I, I would say, yeah, I would go vamp for this movie. Um... I have to say, because I love vampire movies and I've watched a lot of them, my bar for vampire movies is set pretty low, though. So really, the only question I ask is, are there vampires in it? And if the answer is yes, then I'm probably going to watch it. Then you'll come back and love Vampire Boys too. In a few months or a year or something. <laughs> um, next up, you got to tell me, Ro... Uh, should we prepare the garlic necklace or just order a bloodless mm. pizza? Honestly, this movie is a bit of a hot mess. Um, it comes across as flat in places. Um, but if you're if you're a fan of really messy vampire literature and you want to see a penis or two, you know, have at it. It's it, it's all right. <laughs> as far as movies go, yeah, I'll give it a pass. <laughs> Passes in you'd recommend it or passes in I mean, yeah, pass. I mean, watch it. Watch it. Go ahead. Goodbye. I give you my okay. blessing. <laughs> okay, Amelia? Um, so I love... My platonic I, love? I, I gotta ask you. <laughs> Sorry. Uh... uh did this did this movie just suck? I actually so I'm a big fan of bad movies. Uh the last movie I watched that I really just like with my whole heart enjoyed and watched like twenty times afterwards and told everybody they should watch was Lamageddon. Um, so I loved this movie. I thought it was great. Definitely recommend. I think anybody who loves like kind of just like campy bad movies should watch this. Because was it flat? Absolutely. Was there character development? Absolutely not. Was there a plot? Questionably. <laughs> <laughs> Everything you want in a B-horror. The lines, they made me laugh so much. Yes, I do recommend this movie. <laughs> so that's, that's what we think. But if you've seen this movie, you'll end up watching it later. We'd love to hear your thoughts and your experience with it. You can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Gayekapod. That's G-A-Y-E-C-A-P-O-D. While you're there, why not suggest movies for us to watch in the future? We're always looking for new suggestions. We can't wait to experience more movies with you. Vampire Lord changes... Lords. <laughs> not since last week. Um, Vampire Lord changes often, and you can always improve on an existing idea. So tell me, vampies. You're given the keys to revamp this movie. How are you going to make it glitter? First up, Bobby. Oh, I have so many ideas. Um, first, I, I kind of want to turn it into a series instead of a movie. 
So I would pitch that, and then if they told me no, then I would definitely tighten up the plot and maybe throw in a lot more romantic intrigue. The Logan, uh, Jason ship for sure, and then also Caleb and Paul. The back and forth there, I think, would be a lot more interesting. I think you could make this a lot more um, of like a romance quadrangle or whatever you would call that. I don't know. <laughs> like, you could okay. definitely Pol- make this up is we, yeah, we love definitely. We love a good messy quadrangle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a mix I don't know. million. Uh, I would actually just make this as a Jollo film, but with like a hint of like the 1970s like lesbian vampire thing, because that was like a whole genre in and of itself. But obviously, instead of lesbian vampires, it's gay vampires. Same same deal, though. So, yeah, Jalo with hints of the le- I, gay lesbian vampire films. Now I just want, like, a, a punk, like, vampire girl, like, sexploitation yes, film. Yes, absolutely. Maybe um, Tara has a girlfriend. Oh, Maybe I Tara would, I would pay money for that. that I would a, pay like, money to make that and see that. <laughs> Faster vampire kill kill. And finally, we have... What do you... How how would you improve this row? Well, I think for one, I would move it up the coast, maybe set it in Washington, uh, maybe in a small town, um, have our uh, protagonist move up, maybe from Arizona instead (laughs) of the Midwest. Um, Let's throw in a couple of werewolves and then change the title to Twilight. Let's go! I think I actually wrote in my notes, like, there's so much sexual tension here. This is what Twilight should be. (laughs) I mean, last night's meeting, I'm Nido Kitch reminding you that just because vampires suck doesn't mean they've lost their gag reflex. Later. (laughs) 